0: All right did you get the alert that says it's recording yeah excellent i just want to make sure that it's completely disclosed that by the way from (laughs) now on you are on the record leo it's it's official um so let me do a a bit of an introduction here so uh my friends my fellow harmonauts welcome um welcome welcome to this podcast now for all of us who are joining us on the podcast, I have to say, this is our very first one. So I'd like to be able to tell you what it's called, um, but I don't have a name for it yet.
1: <laughs> so mm. This is
0: this is great. Uh, I don't know, Leah. what do you think we should call the
1: podcast? Wow. Uh, I think there's got to be some play on harmony, right? Because I do think that there's a lot of collaboration that can and have happened, but we also see a lot of discourse. So <laughs> something about unity, uh, ultimately, I tell my friends that are, that are like in cryptos, like, you know, we we got to work together. We got to chill out because from people that are new to crypto, we're just a bunch of weirdos anyway. So
0: <laughs> we are just a bunch of weirdos. In fact, even for those of us who are a little bit long in the teeth in the crypto space, we're still pretty weird. We're still pretty weird. Definitely. Um so I'm actually joined today by Leo Cheng and tell me, am I pronouncing your name right? I'm horrible. I am I grew Perfect. up in the middle of America, so it's I could speak French, but that's the only other language I can yep. speak. Chang is all right. Chang is all right. So I'm joined with Leo Chang. He is the uh, founder and CEO. Is that your official title? No, no, no.
1: We're, we're more in the uh, DAO space. I think okay. project lead may be a little bit, uh, is the current title, but contributor is the thing that I think we should be moving to because it's a bit amorphous. It's, it's not exactly a chain of command like the traditional mm-hmm. CEO structures so or in the decentralized autonomous organization side. Um, so yeah, we could talk more about that. Later. Yeah, but my yeah. title officially right now is a co founder and project lead, is what most people say, but I'm thinking that should be moving to contributor soon. Contributor,
0: yeah, no, definitely. As long as you don't make yourself the techno king of Mars, I think you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. no, Leo, um, not only did he do cream, um, but he is the summoner of the Machi X DAO, yeah, that- Machi X, yeah. Mach-E-X? So it was
1: actually a, um, a project previously where we tokenized music copyrights. So we were mm. able to do, uh, we, we acquired more than 60, but we tokenized 59 music uh, copyrights um, from what would be the equivalent of the, the Chinese language equivalent of the Grammys winners. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was, this happened back in 2019 um, and, Part of twenty eighteen, and then we we shut it down early in twenty twenty, and rotated it into a decentralized autonomous organization for crypto art. So in some ways, we were looking at that trend before this recent blow up of the NFT cycle.
0: Yeah, you, you were definitely ahead of the ahead of the pack on that one. Um, Thank you. But you have you know long long tails in the technology space. But yep. what I found was particularly interesting is you're actually an artist or a musician yourself. Is that correct?
1: Uh, that that would be somewhat of an overstatement, but I appreciate that. No, I, I did DJ at Burning Man. That was, um, but I, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't think I'm nearly as talented and creative on that side of things than many of the folks that mentored me to that position. But,
0: yeah, thank <laughs> you. You DJed at Burning Man. No, I've never attended Burning Man, but I have seen, there's a very interesting, if you draw the Venn diagram of crypto and Burning Man, there's a very interesting overlap there. Uh, what was your experience like, Burning Man? You, you know, it was very much. Uh, it was fun
1: because I, I used the opportunity to catch up with my brother, and my brother at the time uh, was living in Tokyo. We were still live in Tokyo now, but he he moved around and he went back. But he uh, he was caught up in the financial crisis in terms of this mm. job. He lost his job, unfortunately, in two thousand eight two thousand yeah two thousand eight financial crisis. Mm. And um, I just told him like, hey, we, we've been talking about going to Burning Man anyway because of all the art and things and music there, and sounded like a lot of fun. We want to see it. <laughs> Like, hey, you know, it's not like you have a job to go to. Why don't you fly out to San Francisco, hang out with me? I'll take care of the rest. I'll just, I'll, I'll get it all lined up, pay for everything. We had a great time hanging out. What I did learn actually was fairly transferable. Uh, kind of interesting, you know, funny story. In San Francisco, I we were at this my friend, friends and I were at this club, and I met these group of people who happened to run a Burning Man camp called Cap Wanted, Want It. Uh, Want it and that's ended up where I. Um, Learn to DJ, but the the lesson there was super useful and also applies to crypto, I find. And it's true anywhere else is that if you want to break into a, an industry, a group of people, the best way to do it is to volunteer, do it for free. Then you get to ask all the questions and push all the buttons and try all the things because they're like, well, it's not like we're paying you anyway. So why, if you're going to help us with X, Y, and Z, like you could yeah, basically ask anything you want. And I find that actually coming back to crypto, very similar, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. talk about like, how do you get involved? Like, oh, do I? Is there a job board? i like, yeah, there are job boards, but the best way to do it, in my opinion, is just like what we did for Burning Man, which is, hey, you know, I see you guys are doing something cool here. How do I help? How do I get in? Uh, and how do I be a part of it? And at which point they start handing you responsibility. And then it's like, hey, now you're kind of on the team. It's like, all right, cool.
0: So, so I have, uh, I know, you know, it sounds like you only went there once or twice, but so you're not the project lead, lead contributor at Burning Man anymore. Is, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> stepped out of that space.
1: I, I was one of the uh one of the minions you guess you say uh, we showed up early as, I went through three years three different years and 09 uh, um, 2010 and 2012 mm-hmm. and uh, throughout that journey yeah we definitely did the building of the camp Uh, from the ground up and then tore it down at the end. And um, it was really impressive for Burning Man to see like this empty strip of desert and then all the stuff came up. And then, then when you leave, it's all gone again. So the impermanence of it is super interesting and um, just uh, nothing like the, what they call the default world.
0: Yeah. And that's, and it's one of the things that, um, you know, I think about some of the principles and some of the ideas that, that are embedded in the, the sediment of crypto and yep. a lot of them, again, like I said, overlap with this Burning Man scenario, Absolutely. but it's the, the, the freedom and the willingness and the, the enthusiasm to try something new, to say, look, just because my parents, my parents, parents, my parents, 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 were all accountants, doesn't mean that I have to be an accountant, right? I can go off and make a sculpture of a dragon shooting flames and have a great time and a fulfilling and an enriching life. Right. And that there's a lot of power to this idea that we can break the default world and make something more enriching. Um, I'm trying to yeah. be careful not to say better or worse, but it's, it's a, because I don't want to start putting the values on it. I just want to say it, it serves a strong purpose.
1: I mean, I, I think actually it's OK to, to to draw parallels with the values of Burning Man. When you think about the ten principles of Burning Man, and now this sounds like uh, we're getting into a cult situation here, but I think it's worth reading if you just Google it was something on BurningMan.org. But it talks about uh, not all the values apply to crypto. I think. I mean, for example, um, radical inclusion is one that crypto tries to do, and in fact, it does so by simply that you know you, you can't discriminate against facts that when you don't know who they are, or where they live, or what language mm-hmm. they speak, or what religion. All these things, right? So, so that radical inclusion piece is true. Radical self-reliance, like you manage your own keys, like it's very libertarian. Actually, when you yeah. think about it not not in like the, the no driver's license, you know, no <laughs> national defense type of libertarian, but but really just focusing on uh, self-reliance, self-expression, uh, a lot of communal effort. So a lot of the mm-hmm. DAOs actually go really close to the Burning Man ethos, yeah. uh, but, but generally, largely speaking, in crypto. Um, there's a lot of that now. Now, where it does drift a little bit, I think decommodification is one where, obviously, people in crypto, there's a lot of commodification going on. So just a um, little, <laughs> yeah. It, not, it doesn't 100% line up, but I would say that the values of Burning Man um, definitely aligns a lot closer to the DAO subsection of mm-hmm. of the crypto community. Um, but the larger community, more of the libertarian self reliance, uh, self expression thinking, uh, mm-hmm. still still is still valid.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think that's great. With that, this idea of of I sometimes like to use the term radical accountability, right? The, th- yeah. This this idea of if they're not my keys, it's not my crypto. Yeah. Do you think that we're that the crypto space is beginning to lose that core tenant? I don't. I don't
1: think so. I mean, I think it's more like you have this technology that allows you to. Have this not your keys, not your coins, and and it, it basically not your keys, not your coins is is something that people say in terms of like if you don't control all of this, then then you don't then it's not yours. Yeah. But it's it's really when you think about it, it's a different model of ownership, right? So most people are used to the idea that you go to a bank and you can trust the bank, you, you mm-hmm. can you, know, you can trust the government, of course. Why wouldn't you? But then when you think about you don't have to go very far, like even within the United States, you know, the people that grew up in the, the Great Depression, they're, they're still, I mean, not many of them around now, but their ethos has always been like, no, you don't put your stuff in the bank. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you should, you should keep it at home. You should keep it like, uh, people get shaped by their life lessons. When I think yeah. about this, not your keys, not, not your coins thing. Um, it becomes like, you know, the, the people who escaped Nazi Germany or, or Chinese revolution, uh, wherever it is in that last generation or two, and they, these people need the ability to control their own destiny. They're sewing mm-hmm. gold bars or, or uh, jade pieces in their, in their clothes. And if they did have the system where they could remember 12 seed phrases and basically cross the border in the ocean naked and then you go right. to the other side and imagine they had this technology, they could reproduce this now. But, but now when you go and take this thinking, not your key, coin, not your keys to the modern world in, in something like America where you're like, okay, look why wouldn't we be able to trust the bank? Like, you know, there hasn't been any instances recently where people uh, got their assets seized in in an unreasonable manner in in recent memory anyway. But that's not to say it can't happen again. Um, So I I think that's also like a trade-off between what the technology underlying can do versus Mm -hmm. uh, what the mass market adoption requires. So there are certain technologies that allow for non-custodial wallets that is a lot easier to use. So there's definitely 100%. the trade off of security and and and, and usability. Uh, some teams do it better. Some teams do it worse. And the purists just want to hold their Bitcoin keys in yeah. their cold storage wallets. And like, you know, very, very much uh, uh, do it that way so that nobody can, can ever take anything from you.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think there's this very interesting dynamic that's happening right now where a couple of different things i think are beginning to converge. Number 1, we are beginning to have assets and products that the general population could wildly benefit from. I mean, defi in general, there's right. this ability of, of capturing and controlling your own financial destiny that is so that the potential there is so strong. But the barriers to entry, the the, the friction that you have to go through to get to that stage is gonna prevent 95% of the population from getting in. Um, Harmony, you know, we are working on a, a, a project. One of the things that we wanna do is we wanna bring on, within the next year or so, a million people into crypto, brand new people into crypto. But we're gonna do it specifically along, along the lines of having an incredibly user-friendly but incredibly secure and safe wallet. That does not necessarily have to have a seed phrase because we find that seed phrase both to be, you you lose your seed phrase, you lose your wallet, right? And and there can be some really horrible things that can happen there. Um, But also people can't remember their passwords or they pick a password that's, you know, password one, two, three, and it's horrible. So there are new technologies that have been coming up in the last five years or so that can create a very strong identity and an authentication network that can replace the the seed phrase that being said still early days with this project if you're interested uh it's one of steven's uh our our ceo and founder he's not quite a project lead yet he wants to be soon <laughs> but um he's uh he it's a it's a passion project for him it's very very close to his heart um but I wanted to kind of follow up on this a little bit because the other thing that's been happening is the centralized exchanges. You know, we're, we're in a world where we're moving from proof of work to proof of stake and staking is a source of passive income. It, it, I look at staking in some ways as the, the, um, the initial thought in the mind that became DeFi, right? Like it was the first little piece like, oh, wait a sec. You can stake on Tezos and earn 5% a year. What, what's going on here? And then suddenly it started flourishing and growing and, and building. And you started being able to have these yield farming products and, and liquidity mining and all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, following along this line of mass market adoption, it's so much easier to log into Binance or Coinbase yep. or whomever, get in there and be able to buy all of those different coins and they stay all there. But then that's also where they get staked, right? And so this there is this tension between usability, mass adoption, and that decentralization that is a core component to securing the network. Yes. What do you? What are your thoughts there? Like, do you think it's blown out of proportion? I shouldn't worry about it, or this is a cautionary tale. No, I, I think it's. Uh,
1: you're you're definitely right thinking about it that way. I think most people. Um... You know, crypto or otherwise, people have this this, this dream state of like, all right, I got to work real hard. I got to get me some passive income. And then I can go ahead and write off in the sunset with just amount I need and I can be happy and me and my family could be happily ever after. You know, none of that has to be crypto specific, right? People are buying um, income with multi unit family houses, uh, multi family uh, units so that they can go ahead and, and harvest that yield so that then, uh, uh, then obviously, they're. Tax strategies and inflationary kind of hedges—they're just the same as crypto. Uh, right. but, you know they, that 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 same goal, however, is what I'm alluding to, which is how do I make sure that in my lifetime, in my working uh, investment of my assets, I can eventually get to this place where I can harvest uh, income. From whatever activity, and so in the crypto space, certainly we also want the same thing. Whether it's staking uh, Harmony or Tezos or, or Ethereum 2 or whatever it is, that direction is similar. Now, as it comes to the centralized exchanges, yeah, I, I tell my friends to like look. Uh, I need. I know my mother, for example, needs something to reset her password, someone to email, etc. Y- you give her some seed phrase. She might be like, I, what do I do with this? I have no idea. So that is necessary for onboarding okay. the next million or next billion users. Right. But as it, as it comes to DeFi, it's more of a purist. Um, I, I do think that there, it's more like you can go in a pure DeFi, manage your own keys, manage your own yield, et cetera, directly interact with the, with the smart contracts. Uh, via the front ends, of course, that these projects deliver. I don't mean that you go to Etherscan or you go to whatever the <laughs> block explorer is and nerd out yeah. and hit these buttons and hit these values with all these extra zeros. They're like, what are you doing? I don't. <laughs> what am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You have this front end that the team built. You're putting in numbers that look like what you do. It doesn't look as quite as beautiful yet as something like a Schwab or Fidelity, but it's going to get there. Um, and then you know, but then you get more yield because you're cutting out a lot of the the, the middlemen, frankly, mm-hmm. and a lot of the benefit of DeFi. Because of the blockchain underlying, in fact, could be summarized is transparency mm-hmm. and automation. Yeah. Right. So when you think about how, um, for example, our lending protocol, you can go to our, our markets page anytime at app.cream.finance slash markets, and you can look in there to say, to see exactly how many, how much like. How many coins we have, what, how many assets are supplied, how many assets are borrowed and then, therefore utilization and the interest rates, etc. And these things are updated, you know, by the seconds or by the blocks of whichever blockchain we're on. But when you think about it that way, it is about transparency and and automation because what bank are you going to go to in the traditional finance space where you can be like, hey, can I take a look at your balance sheet like right now? Like, no, no like 15 <laughs> just, seconds just, ago.
0: Yeah, no, go new grab one. it and bring it back. Yeah, yeah, no, no grab n- it, bring it back. I, I want the new one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, wait, no, not the one we just talked about when I asked the question, but the one I talked, right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, right like now, you right can't <laughs> do that. Like you can't, you just can't go back and say, look, you know, how do I get that? Um, so, Um, So blockchain, I think the DeFi side allows for that. Even, you know, centralized exchanges don't show you that. So it's varying degrees of, If you want to go do it all yourself, then you get the most yield, you get the most transparency because there are a lot less middlemen. Now, if you go to the fully self serve side, of course, you're going to need to then pay some fees because you've got prop, you've got services, you've got people, you've got infrastructure, you've got mouths to feed. So it's not that they're taking stuff away from you. It's more like you're trading off some level of yield for some level of ease of use again. uh, and, and, And there's some people, majority of the population, are going to use the centralized finance based DeFi, i think there's going to be some level of intermediary layer in between mm-hmm. um and, and i don't think that some people say oh well that that's not pure but that's not good or that's not whatever it is and i say no it, you know let people use what they want right as long as we are directionally going toward a better future or the other look at it is you've got to get him get the users in on the ease of use train first and when they say wow uh, I gotta lock my money up for 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 a year just to get zero point three zero point five percent. And look at that special thing! I'm a gold member, super elite, quadruple secret probation loan. I can get or a CD I can get one <laughs> percent and a half. Like, I'm a winner, sure. And then you get the DeFi. Then you're looking at you know five ten percent. And you can yeah. no commitment commitment period. You can come in and go out as you like. Sure, there's gas fees for transaction. Then you go. Wait a minute. So I can go to CFI from what I'm getting one and a half percent right now. And I lock up for a year or two. And then then I can go to, to DeFi uh, through CFI where I can get maybe 3%. That's that's an improvement. And then mm-hmm. I can go directly to DeFi. And now I'm getting, you know, 10 and depending on a program risk, you want to take maybe 20% annualized right. turn. But that, that is a, a gradual process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. And, um, let me ask you this because you brought this up, um, Cream is super interesting. I think you guys are doing Thank some you. very interesting things, um, but I have noticed a small change in your design aesthetic yes. between November and today. It was it felt like you had um, that there is this this beauty about the wonder and the magic of DeFi. It was very playful. As a guy who grew up, grew up playing eight bit video games uh, like you know Battle and Dungeon, you know, and um, Double Dragon, it yep. it spoke to me. But now when I go, it's much sleeker. I'm feeling that that cream is—I hate to say—growing up. Are you wearing a is, suit right now? Like, are you becoming like what, what? What's what's the latest and greatest there with cream?
1: So we launched in August. we were building this thing a uh, little bit over a year ago today, and so we and then we officially went live in August. But initially, at that time, it was so we we picked the name Cream because we we were fans of hip hop. And so, crypto rules everything around me. Cream. For those of you that haven't seen it, and maybe you can, you know, I've always wanted it for a podcast for like an entry audio for people uh-huh. to play this track. Did you, did you see the track on my LinkedIn? I would add on my LinkedIn and my Twitter as well.
0: I, I haven't looked at that yet, but it's. It, I am. I'm. I'm actually working on working with a, a friend of mine who does NFT music, and I think I may try to license like a small guitar riff from him for the podcast. But but tell me about. So is this the Prince's Cream? If you know uh, well, um okay, first of
1: all, the name part of it, so it it could be cream, yeah, like Prince. yes, given the Midwest roots Prince, yeah, definitely. Um I uh yeah, nothing about Minnetonka, Lake Minnetonka. You don't get to you know jump in to purify yourself or defy you or anything like that, but um, <laughs> but I, I think it's uh uh I am a fan of, of of Prince as well. And there's also um other songs, cream. I, I think it's okay. I think part of this is it's whatever it means to you mm-hmm. uh, but we were able to get Meth the man on a minute and a half video and it says yeah crypto rules everything around me cream nice yeah, cream financial nice. so you got to go catch that on our <laughs> I'll Twitter take a look. On yeah. Yeah. and That's yeah that was like the entry in music you know I've always wanted yeah. that but never yeah. I never really asked anybody for it so I think yeah. maybe I'll just be the first to straight up ask you for it but anyway
0: <laughs> um, yeah this is where editing is good so No, no, this is perfect. Here's the thing that I like, because I was going to follow up on this question. What came first, the name or the phrase? Crypto rules everything around me, or, hey, I want to call my company CREAM, let's back into the acronym.
1: It it was something that we were joking about around the time that we were talking about the idea. So honestly, I can't, I don't think I can factually remember which came first, (laughs) but it is true because crypto rules everything around me. Uh, it, it's something that, that I have just, I've just been such a believer, uh, it, you know, when I first saw the technology, and all the potential, what it can do. And then it was like, that's perfect. And so then we were jokingly like, Hey, no, it'd be really cool if we got like Wu-Tang to cover this. And then we, then it happened. So, so Method Man <laughs> did, did his track and we were yeah. really proud of it. And to some people, it was some of the best crypto marketing that occurred in 2020. Um, I, I think so, but, uh, mm. Yeah, so, so so we started down very irreverent and it mm-hmm. was essentially built for apes by apes. And apes, you know, in this industry being people that just kind of jump in for yield and they follow each other in. Right. And, uh, you know, you could think of it as ne- negatively as like lemmings where they just copy the next person or you could think of it as ape together strong <laughs> where people jump in in mass and they, yeah, and they yeah. solidarity is a good thing. now. Um, so so we built it down this path, and it was irreverent, and we decided to pick these Peter Rabbit colors because we found that that crypto in general is a little bit too kind of techno-centric, male-dominant, yeah. and it doesn't have enough of that welcoming palette of, of the more pastel colors from Peter Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then from there, then we thought, we're, as we're looking at different styles, and we're fans of Grand Theft Auto as well, and definitely gta font blocks yeah yeah and at some point it got to like billions of dollars and we're looking at this going like oh man how do you look at cartoony things and be like yeah this thing runs billions of dollars we we we," i mean given the valuation pullback it's no longer true now but yeah up to the recent valuation we had about two billion dollars of assets under management so under traditional metrics you're like I'm not giving money to these people who have this comic-y thing. Like, come on. So um, then we merged with the uh, uh, Yarn Finance back in November. And at that point, they are not – I mean, they still have, like, waifus and comic characters. But even then, they're front-end, and they have annual reports, and they, they're a yeah. lot more dressed up in that sense.
0: So we, They wear we, ties. Just,
1: just, uh, just uh, clip-ons that are modified <laughs> graphically, not actual ties. But they, um, they, they, so they, we wanted to be more consistent in all seriousness though, I think in order for DeFi to grow up we do need to be a little bit more uh, finance-like in our behavior, yeah. in, in our packaging and our marketing. So in addition to talking about how the self-control and, and self, or self-expression, self radical, self-inclusion, et cetera and, and the benefits and empowerment and removing the middleman we also need to be able to package it in such a way that people look at it and say, hey, look I can take you seriously. So, exactly. so if you go to the current front end on app.cream.finance, you'll see that it's a bit more grown it's up. And, and, yeah. yeah, thank you. The, the colors are still there. Um, the front end is actually being um, updated as we speak. So we just we just pushed a, a portfolio function because users want to know about liquidation scenarios, etc. cetera, but mm-hmm. uh, because of the recent pullback, but um, we're also putting in more portfolio management stuff. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I feel like uh, like Robinhood, they do, do a good job of kind of gamifying it and yeah. just like, look, here's here's your gains. And it's like, wow, is this a video game or is this? um, I think that that captures more of the millennial spirit Mm -hmm. um, and and it helps people understand what's going on better. So I think that that usability is great and and we are looking to move closer in that direction. So it can be more appealing for the masses. But for those of you who are wanting to use the old front end uh, at the bottom of our website, you can see cream classic under legacy and you can certainly click into it and, and, and get into that. So that's, that part's not lost.
0: I love that. I love that. That is so terrific. Um, let me ask this much because you know one of the things that we've alluded to a couple of times. So you've only been launched for about a year, um, just under mm-hmm. a year. Um, you, you partnered up with with Wiren uh, or Yurn. I'm not very sure. Everyone Yern, calls yep. it yeah. Everyone calls it something slightly different. Um, we move fast in the crypto yep. space. It is incredibly fast, and you know one of the the thought processes. And one of the, the, the common themes that sticks in our brain, the memes, the, the, the legitimate the mimics, the, the viral ideas in the Silicon Valley is that you move fast and break things. I mean, that was Facebook's motto up to like Definitely. 2014. Definitely. But for DeFi, and you're dealing with decentralized projects, and you're dealing with people you may never meet or see over a Zoom call, how do you manage that sort of risk? Ha- have you ever been rugged or have you ever been burnt by a situation where hey look we're moving fast, we're moving fast and just it ended up being some unscrupulous person or the project wasn't as as powerful as you thought it would be
1: Yeah, I, I think um, that's also. It's, uh, it's it's really the lines honestly are, are kind of blurred, right? So for a lot of people being rugged to that definition or, or that's also something people say, having the rug getting pulled out pulled from out underneath under you. you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's challenging because in sometimes, so there's this idea that code is law. So mm-hmm. the benefit of it is that whatever the smart contract says, it goes. Yeah. So there is no, um, there is no like, all right, well, Guess what? I guess I'm going to hang on to this asset. I'll see you in court. like Come sue me. Like, no, if the asset is held by the smart contract, the, the conditions are met and the whole program of money, programmable money concept uh, takes place, then transfers occur. Um, it's a good and bad thing, right? So uh, if, if I, it, it, there are certain, because it is so new as in an industry, uh, exploits can happen. And that sometimes exploits, while the users of the exploit or the rather the exploiter can in fact take money out of a system in an unintended way. If it was in fact developed that way or designed that way, then it had vulnerabilities. The question sometimes becomes you know, at what point is it like absolute you took money from the system? That's that's a that's a almost a it, it is a criminal thing, right? Or is it just that hey, look, these are the rules of the games and i arbitraging based on the parameters are put in, and oftentimes there is a very large gray area. Now clearly if you put money into this this yielding pool thing and then all the money disappeared uh, and then the team disappeared well that, yeah you probably got rugged. that that's yes. true <laughs> but there are also other scenarios where it's like yeah well there's this thing where the price oracle got messed up and then this thing happened and then you utilize these flash loans and then the flux capacitor maximized the potential and then boom all the money was gone we're sorry um, I think then people feel like there's a lot of gray area. There. I think most of this resides in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but, it's, but it's, um, it's, I think it's inevitable. It is about moving fast and breaking things in that way. I think uh, the, the founder at urine uh, at Finance, Andre Cronier, he often talked about previously testing in production. And that doesn't mean, though, you're doing things recklessly either. It just means that given the system that's available today in, in, in the blockchain world, Um, less of it now has the same web two practice as we do now in web three. So Web two practice, you would have a a staging server or staging UA and then your production, um, in my web two cloud compute type background, that that's just the thing people did, but now it's more like, well, because the cost structure is different in terms of launching something and that you can constantly upgrade or you can have proxy upgrades or you can migrate money. Uh, I think we're getting some of the actual technical details that may or may not need to be expressed here, but basically because the ability to deploy things are now even so much faster and easier, you might as well deploy it in the, in the actual production environment to see the impact um, right. rather than saying, we're going to deploy this on the test net. I'm not, to, not, not, to say that test environments do not exist in web three, but you know, some people play with the test net, but you're now seeing more, more uh, projects move faster because of the lower mm-hmm. overhead in terms of time and, and monetary costs. Um, I think, to extrapolate that further out, too, move facts fast and break things, for the folks that are familiar with Web2, um, some of the stories around the success of Airbnb and that crop of companies that started in 2006 traces back to the idea that cloud compute, the pay-as-you-go type of environment, allows users to no longer say, all right, we're, we're doing a startup, and the first thing you do is you hire an admin and you rack a bunch of servers. I'm like, oh, my God, that's like a million bucks, and then I don't right. know. Nevermind, right? Yeah. Instead, you're saying it's pay as you go. We've got this thing, we deploy the code, we, we buy some amount of compute. Wow, that's amazing. So web two fundamentally changed how previous web two uh, companies and teams can launch quickly and move fast and break things. But yeah. I think under the same token, web three is doing to web two, what web two did to traditional internet businesses back that launched in 2000, let's say. Um, we, like we we're saying, we have a team of roughly ten on the core team, and we're managing up to two billion dollars of AUM. Like, who yeah. does that, right? So, Ooh, but it's not just us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not just us. It's us and the other teams. Um, So, I do think that the moving fast and breaking things and and getting rugged, it's all just part of the evolution. It, I don't like it because every time it happens, it, it it loses credibility. But in some ways, it helps us evolve quicker.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like, and that's the thing that I'm actually really encourages me. And let me actually get get your, a point, your point of view on this. Okay, so we're basically a year out from the big DeFi summer, right? Yep. Um, DeFi exploded last year, um, really grew big. It, it had a huge impact on, on Ethereum because that's where everybody was building. Now, this year, we are seeing a lot of uh, layer one and layer two solutions that can go uh, faster, cheaper, um, maybe, maybe not more reliable. They're EVM-compatible Have you seen anything change in what is capable, what DeFi is capable of now that wasn't, they weren't able to do a year ago because the technology has advanced, because it has evolved? Um, I think the
1: technology evolution is, okay, so it's technology, but it's also business practices, actually. Mm. It's more like we have this. I think of it as going back to the apes thing, right? You imagine a group of apes just charging down this hill. Like there's food down there. There's, there are fruits. There's all these goodies we should get to. And the apes are running. I have no idea. Like we have never been to this part of town. we have never been to this piece of land. We didn't know that there are these things that allow you to drip money. You just put some resources, you get some coconuts from there, you get some bananas and then the bananas turned into food and then our other foods and whatever's. Um, And suddenly
0: you got yourself a pina colada.
1: Yeah. Or that. Yeah. You found a beach and then all of a sudden you don't leave because everybody's getting drunk. Something like that happens. But it's like you. So so from the tech. So I think the change, the shift and the learnings are happening so quick. But in your business, in Harmony and any other layer one or uh, layer one EVM compatible or not, and then layer two technologies, you're doing fundamentally a very hard thing with the mathematics and, and, and the, 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 the underlying underpinning piece, the infrastructure piece. So that doesn't shift super quick. So I wouldn't say that between last year and now, a lot of that changed. Other than that, you know, the, the, the chains like like Polygon and, and uh, Matic and, and Binance Smart Chain allowed for uh, alleviating some of the pressure mm-hmm. on Ethereum mainnet. So when things got really popular, um, we, we ran out of seats on a bus more or less. So things got a lot, right. very, a lot more expensive. So when, when Binance Smart Chain and Polygon became available, uh, Binance Smart Chain in the September timeframe and Polygon became more popular shortly thereafter, um, that allowed for more people to experiment cheaper. So it got to the point where Ethereum got super expensive and what the underlying layer allowed for is that piece where more people can come without having to say, yeah, look, unless you put them in with 10,000 or more, you're kind of wasting your time. And most people aren't going to oh, yeah, I'm going to dip my toes in for that amount of money. It's with like
0: With $10,000, yeah.
1: Yeah. C- can I just come in with like 100 and check it out? Can I hit some yeah. buttons, see how it works? Can I make maybe 1,000? All right. Can we do that? And, and that's where massive adoption is going to occur. So you do need that. That cheaper, faster experience. Um, there is, of course, then some trade-off in technology. In this case, safety uh, po- potentially, but that's not to say faster, cheaper means always less safe. Um, but but one layer above that are the experimentations in the DApps. So whether they're they're in the lending space, they're they're in the in the in the uh, leveraged uh, yield farming, or they're in the yield space. Generally speaking, um, you know, we saw we saw Yearn start back in the summer. Well, February I think last year. And so that was the beginning of the yearn, the, the yielding space. And then the managing the yields and automation so that people don't have to. Then first, it's like you discover, you do this A thing, you get the B thing. And then you got to go back to A and then you get more of B and you got to go back to A and you go back to more. And then some people say, why don't we automate that? Great, let's automate that. So this is the the apes are getting smarter. The apes are right. adopting, adapting. So then you are saying, well, OK, I see that that first group of people doing this thing. The second group of apes might say, well, I don't like what you're doing there. Let me experiment. So it is a bunch of apes running around trying to say, why don't we try this? Why don't we try this? What have we learned from situation ABC? And then so a year later, what you're seeing now are, are uh, there's there are some there are a lot of innovative things. There are also a lot of copycats going on. Yeah, definitely. But it, oftentimes that's really how you're learning. So there's some criticisms about like, well, yeah, but you just took this thing and you did this other thing and you applied the code, but you didn't change anything. Oh, and then that's because you didn't understand underlying code. That's why you got exploited. So they're like, you can move fast. You could take the code. You can innovate. Um, so so there's definitely a lot of innovative things happening across the, how DeFi is done in terms of uh, the business model, in terms uh-huh. of the areas. And, and as a result, we're also seeing evolutions in community management, in, in tokenomics. Uh, so I think the improvement from last year's DeFi summer is that this time it is... Uh, There there are a lot more chains running this summer than last summer. There are a lot more protocols doing arguably things that didn't exist last year. A lot more experimentations going on. And I think because of that, then it's also making it harder and harder to keep up because there are Mm -hmm. all these new chains and all these new projects, all these new tokens and all these ways of doing things.
0: Yeah. No, I, and I'm totally right. I live and breathe in crypto, but th- I can't tell you the number of times I'm sitting in a, a strategic partnership call or a meeting or a business development call or a meeting, and they say, Well, what do you guys think about how do you compare against this chain? And I'm like, Right. I've never noticed that. Really? They have a five billion dollar market cap. It's like they're top 27 on on CoinGecko.2. Like, like, like there's so many. The, the thing that I, I see is that everything moves so quickly, I have to spend a lot of time just reading Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like, stay up to speed. Yes. Yes.
1: I, I think that's a very important point. Actually, for anybody new coming in, mm. Twitter is the, the crypto Bloomberg. There's no thing or service that you can pay for that goes faster than just being on Twitter I think for a lot of people, that's a very scary place. I think it's an adversarial environment because of, of keyboard warrior type thinking, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, it's like, I, okay. I like to see this amount of smack talking happen, like in a physical conference setting where, yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're a scam. Like really? Okay. I, yeah, go go ahead. Why don't you expand? You want to call me a scam in front of all these people, but instead, you know, you're saying these things, I'm better because of this and you guys suck because of that. It's like, for some reason, this anonymity becomes a hostile place. So, so, but but it can be cured though. It's like, uh, I think that's the beauty of something like Twitter is you could decide to follow the people that you want. Mm -hmm. And back to the very original point we talked about in terms of the name of the podcast, you know, I think it's something about harmoniously interacting and the harmony thing. It's a good thing. Like we should all get along. We should all do better because the tool set underneath uh, what we have in blockchain allows for this radical inclusion and, Mm -hmm. and, um, allowing people to to, uh, I think I, I'm a fan of Garth Brooks. And I do think that like the American Honky Tonk Bar Association, we reach for those who are down. We don't we don't reach for handouts We reach for those who are down. That's the ethos we should be going after. And so I think, um, so yeah, I, I think
0: it, yeah, really quickly. I wanted to hit pause on this fantastic explanation, because in our conversation so far, you have mentioned that you're a DJ. You have mentioned that you had Method Man do a song. And you also mentioned that you're a huge fan of of uh, Garth Brooks. Is there any music that you don't listen to, like yodeling, <laughs> perhaps like it just seems like you have such a great range of of tastes and attraction here?
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Taylor Swift. And I, I'm, I'm not exact. I don't think I qualify as a Swifty. I don't know <laughs> as much as some of these other folks. Right. Uh, Are I you a believer? Like- I, no, 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 not as much. You know, there, I didn't follow him as much. I do think Taylor Swift is a fantastic role model for folks out there. Not only is she an accomplished musician, but just the fact that she understands her responsibility as, a, mm. as an influencer and understanding that, you know, what you say, what you do, please don't Lindsay Lohan for us. Like, let's do things the right way. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I think I just have a wide variety of interests, which actually is that relates to crypto as well. I think it is very relevant because, um, It it, just, there is no like, all right, well, okay. I've learned everything, that's it. Like I know everything about the layer ones, all the staking mechanisms, proof of work, proof of stake. I can tell you what the best thing is like right now. And then I can tell you all the difference between all the chains. Oh, and then let's go to a level above that. Let me talk about all the DeFi things, but not just DeFi, NFT. And then let me talk about all the players within DeFi NFT. How are they doing the things differently? Oh, and then on top of that, let me talk about the players involved in each of these things. And then yeah. the more you go, they, oh, and then yeah, of course, this is the best way to do marketing. Here's the best like metrics. Here are the charts, technical analysis, and, and like, oh, and then when you think about the 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 kind of psychology of market behavior versus the movement of the tokens and the funds accumulation, Leo, you're
0: giving me a headache. <laughs> No,
1: exactly. But what I'm saying here is that there's no place for you to get bored. And I want to be uh-huh. encouraging to folks coming in. Oh, I, I can't code smart contract. It's like, no, 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 no. We need everybody. In fact, we need we need less, we need non-technical people. I agree. Probably arguably more so than we need technical people. Yeah. Because, like, what the hell are you guys talking about in this thing? Like, no, let's let's get people who speak human knowledge to break it down. So I think folks like DeFi Dad in uh, the educators in this space, also yeah. Caesar, he's got this, he's kind of, he's, he's a little bit wacky and I don't think he'll <laughs> mind me saying this, but I'm a fan of his videos. He makes these funny noises on YouTube and he like then explains like DeFi yield farming things sure. and he's kind of wacky, but, but we need more people like this to I come agree. in. And then you could be super interested in this because it doesn't matter what your expertise is. There's something for everyone to do. Because I think much like how back in 99, 2000, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm launching an internet company. It's a dot-com. And then later on, it's like nobody ever asked, so, sir, uh, is your business an internet business? It's like, <laughs> no, man, everything's internet business. So I yeah. think in the next decade after this, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm in blockchain. No, 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 no. Every business is going to use the blockchain technology. Yeah, But you're just a business doing what you do. You still sell pet food. You still move food around you know, in a van or something like that. Just
0: so wait are you just referencing pets.com and Webvan? yes <laughs> i just wanted to make sure i flagged two of the biggest dot com explosions <laughs> that you decided to, to fold into which by the way are, are very similar to uh what we have now with instacart and doordash mm-hmm. uh like it's they are just 20 years early uh, yep. Yeah, Which and is- the technology
1: today made it so much easier, the coordination, so easier. like when you're trying to run that stuff, you didn't have a bunch of mobile apps and smartphones, you don't have that infrastructure. Yeah. But we're building out all that infrastructure now, and we're evolving much quicker. Right? Ah, yes, we are. Say, yeah. And and it's, it's not just because, oh, blockchain is inherently better and web three is better. I think it's just the fact that accumulation of human knowledge, you know, is, is making the every next year exponentially smarter, faster in evolution, and, and harder to
0: keep up. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this much. So, um... We, Harmony is really focused on, on being able to bring, uh, I don't want to say blockchain to the masses because that's such an overused phrase, but, um, the, the kind of the catch line of what we do at Harmony is consensus for 10 billion peoples, but mm-hmm. not consensus as in a consensus algorithm, but the fact that we can all come together and agree on something, right. Yep. a little bit more of that side of, of what consensus means. Um, if you were to say, if you're going to go talk to your random, let's call, let's let's put them in college, um, and you're going to give them three steps, the first three steps to be able to get into DeFi, what would those three steps be? Uh,
1: download MetaMask. Be sure to get it at metamask.io. Do not Google the stuff. Anything that has to do with your crypto, uh, you know, don't buy go- your that. buy your your hardware, etc., from, from from the suppliers. Don't Google. Don't look at the sources. Anyways, the first step is get MetaMask. Mm-hmm. The second step is, you know, figure out whichever chain you want to use. That's probably cheaper for you. Uh, it, it could be Harmony. It could be some of the other ones. It depends on whichever one your friends are using. You know, you, you do want to travel in packs like good apes and just make sure you got <laughs> good wolves. friends that you're doing this with <laughs> in world packs. Yeah. It would make sense. Um, so, so, so have some friends that you're doing this with download MetaMask, just pitching in a little bit of money to play around with and, um, give yourself a goal, like a project. I remember when I was in high school, we, we, we threw friends, got together, we got a hundred bucks and we were going to try to actually buy stock. And we realized you couldn't cause the transaction fees and that the bankers don't <laughs> want to talk to a bunch of high school kids. High schoolers. But nah. DeFi doesn't do that. See, we, you can go ahead and say there's a hundred bucks. You have 10 bucks. It doesn't matter. You have yeah. internet access, you have some coins and then boom, try it out. You have the mobile wallet, you know, metamask or anything else. And then you, you just go ahead and hit some buttons. And you don't have to be profitable to start, understand what it is. And then you can start parlaying this into um, whatever you believe in, whatever you think that's going on. And there is no uh, discrimination of like, well, you know, you're some kids and like, no, but no problem. If it's a hundred bucks and you own a hundred bazillion, it's still a hundred bucks. If you're a hundred bucks and that's all you got,
0: we're still gonna treat you the same. Right. And here's what I really loved about this. What you said very clearly was, "Dude, just get off your butt and get involved. Yes. Um, and that is so much the ethos of crypto, um, at least my experience. It's, you know, something that I think we mentioned just a little bit earlier was this idea that, look, the, the best way to learn is to get involved, right? Yes. Like when you were a, a DJ or getting involved in Burning Man, it was the first thing you did was just volunteer some time and do a little bit of work. And yep. to me, when I think about it, I don't play the lottery, don't play it. But every now and then I'll go on a date with my wife and I'll spend you know, I'll stop at the gas station, fill up my tank full of gas, buy 10 bucks worth of lottery tickets, and then we'll have a dinner that we talk about what would we do if we won the lottery, right? Yes. And it gives us an hour's worth of entertainment and conversation about, oh, let's go to this place. Oh, let's, you know, pay off this credit card. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's always the first step, get completely out of debt. Um, but it becomes, it, an that money, that $10, is worth the entertainment or worth the education, right? Right. So grabbing a hundred bucks worth of, you know, whatever the coin is to experiment, to see what, what, to figure out what the heck the seed phrase thing actually is. To figure out what does it mean to confirm a transaction to learn a little bit, not too deep, but a little bit about how explorers work and why they're important, why they're vital. And then you can start playing around a little bit more with the various different um, uh, DeFi applications. I really like it. I like the fact that, you know, get involved
1: yeah I, I think if you extrapolate that more when i first got into burning man i didn't know how to dj in fact i didn't know i was getting myself into a dj camp at all i was <laughs> like hey we're setting up these large diesel generators and these large boom boxes what are they for and they're like oh yes, you wait and then the trusses came out we hung the lights and uh, yeah i was just like the dmx machines and the boards came out and we're like hitting the lights with the sounds it was crazy it was just like oh wow and then i'm like hey uh I've actually never like knew how DJing works. Can I just stand behind you? No, dude, come on here. Just here. Let me show you. All right. And hey, they hit this button and this happens. And then look, Oh, check it out. Hey, what track do you like? And it was like, cool. They welcomed me in. And then the next year it was like, all right. Uh, can I learn from somebody? So I did. And then that year after that it was like, uh, can I play? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they go 2010. They're like, yeah, sorry, Leo, you suck. Get off the stage. I'm like, sorry <laughs> but i, I, I kind of like take my laptop pick my my little board thing and i take i, I leave but then I, I train a little harder i practice mm-hmm. a little harder in 2011 and 2012 came around i was like i'm ready put I'm me in. in coach let's go <laughs> and i did it so i do have a mix actually on soundcloud but um just one just one set uh for when the man burned mm-hmm. in 2012 that was cool but the same by the same token you you get into these communities i'm sure for harmony just the same it is for cream mm-hmm you jump on a discord and you go, Hey, uh, how can I help? Like, I want to learn yeah. stuff. I want to help. Do you, do you guys need someone to, to write some guides? Do you guys need someone to, you know, talk about stuff, explain things like I, I'll gather some information. Like I'll answer some questions. They so could just, just point me somewhere. Exactly. And that is exactly how we
0: get in. Yeah. And it goes above and beyond to your point coders. We, we, yeah. the developers, I remember when I got into crypto, I was really, um, What's the best way to say it? I was surprised that we I was surrounded with so many really, really smart people who had no clue how to run a business. Yes. <laughs> they had no idea. Like It was just so amazing. They were absolute geniuses in four or five uh, areas of, of high levels of, of, of technical requirement, but for the life of them, they couldn't figure out a balance sheet. Um, yep. Or they couldn't yep. figure out a go to market plan or marketing or what profits looked like. They just built really cool you know toys. Um, and this is one of the things that I've always been arguing for since I started. We need all types in crypto. We need yes. marketers, We need people who write cool commercials and and do things. We need people to to test drive stuff and and talk about it and just get involved. I mean, yes. some of my some of the people that I have loved meeting, in crypto space, have been community managers. Maybe that's Definitely. why they're community managers because it's all about throwing parties and, and creating an atmosphere in a group. Um, and at its core, blockchain is secured by a network of people that's running right. you know computers, running their nodes. And so, at its core, blockchains live and die on the power of their community. On that that's right. strength. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so the, I just the network you
1: know, effects. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, let me ask you, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you got into crypto, you know, everyone constantly asks this idea about, okay, how you fa- fell down the rabbit hole. I don't love that particular question because it's so done. But what I do want to know is when I got into crypto, there are some things about crypto, there are some promises that I was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do whatever. But then, as time passed, I realized um, that's never going to happen. Or at least it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, right? The yeah. promise might still be there. Um, you know, one of the ones is, is, is the effect that blockchains could have on supply chain management or right. medical records. Like there's still some potential there, but they haven't cracked that nut. For you, is there anything like that where you thought that this would be the, 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 the silver bullet for so many things, but they just haven't cracked that promise yet?
1: the, the promise I I'm actually working actively to crack. And I think that because, okay, so w- when I first bought an, uh, a condo, um, in the LA area, uh, a few years back, I, I remember asking my, my, my realtor, who was my friend's mom. And so I was like, look, I know this sounds like a really dumb question, but why am I t- paying $10,000 for this escrow thing? Who is an escrow and why? And what is, uh, what is the title insurance and why is it so expensive like what do these people do can i go to their office and see what my ten thousand dollars is going toward and like you, you just kind of have to pay it like that yeah. that seems like a really crappy answer to me and i mean not her but the industry right but but yeah. that's just the infrastructure we're in and then uh fast forward to to last year i started playing with the metaverse and crypto voxel so i own a few parcels on crypto voxels just to play around and i like, can never gotten into the minecraft thing and that's a good place for me to showcase my nft art etc that i've collected Fun, fun, fun. But the real takeaway there was really interesting. Was that uh, if you, you know you were to come to me and say, "Hey, Leo, I, there's this parcel. Like, I, I, you know, can I can I buy it from you? Cool. We agree. It's like two ethers. Let's call it. Mm-hmm. Then I might say, "All right, cool. Then I, I just I could on Open Seas directly through their smart contract, which they're offering for free to use for private transactions. I could be like, "All right, man. Uh, here's the transaction, and uh, it's two ETH. And then you go, okay, cool. And you click into it, and then you you buy it, and then it's yours. That's it." Yeah, but in that process, they did act act at escrow because as money was in. But in, instead of actually me sending them it to an escrow and then you send the money and then it gets dispersed, it was more like I said, look, if if you, or in this case, you could open up to anybody else, meet this requirement of two ETH into the smart contract, then the thing go, goes to you, and then I yeah. get the money. So that solves the escrow problem. The other side of it is is this title insurance. Look, if I had a lien against my metaverse asset, you know, my 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 make-belief world of, of land, um, you, I wouldn't be able to move it, right? If, if Cream had a, a loan against, a, a, a lien against this asset when I borrow some, some money for it and I go, yeah, cool, dude, uh, two ETH, go ahead. You, I can't move it because a smart contract wouldn't allow it to because if I were to hypothetically have taken a loan, I would have signed that this token either stays in my wallet and can't be moved until I satisfy the obligations or I don't, and the thing automatically leaves my wallet like without me signing another transaction. So this whole code, code is law thing can can definitely remove so much inefficiencies from our world. And that particular scenario I'm thinking about is real estate transfer. Now, yeah. where, the, where the, the blockage is right now is actually because it's really hard. I remember in San Francisco, I went to the city hall and I looked at some stuff. And literally, there's some person back there with a big dusty book, and you gotta look into the parcel numbers. And the parcel numbers don't even look like human readable anything. So it might as well be, you know, a hash value, right? Or like, code. Yeah. Or, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it could just be like alpha alpha numeric hexadecimal code of like yeah. blah blah because it's like parcel forty three you know, Jones. Like what?
0: <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> You're like, so, like, how did Jones get involved here? <laughs> right. Who? Who?
1: Remember some early person who? Yeah. Whatever. But it's like. I look at that and and it's all on paper so that's the major blockage the source yes. of truth today does not yet reside on the blockchain and i don't really expect that to be changing anytime soon so my semi-joking uh future is that elon mars is gonna get to mars uh, elon
0: mars yes elon oh is man gonna get he's to gonna mars. love that he's like oh i love that that's my new name <laughs> yeah
1: and then Elon mars might as well be elon mars that's why everyone <laughs> knows him for. Well, he knows him for a lot of bunch, bunch of yeah. other things but he's like. Elon's going to get to Mars and he's going to get these registries of land and property. And then it's going to be like crypto voxels or any other, any metaverse. You're going to have some number, like here's, you know, one, two, three main street. And that's the thing. And then whatever cryptocurrency, it may be your digitized transfer of value. Then it just transfers. And I bet that it may actually happen on Mars before it happens on earth, simply because the municipalities just don't move that fast. Right, right.
0: Um, so I, number one, have to say, I think that made me cry when you said it's going to happen on Mars before it happens on Earth because I, my first job out of uh, business school was working in, in a mortgage brokerage. And oh. so I saw this all of the time, how this industry, it, it has a point and a purpose. Escrow and title insurance has a point and a purpose, but at the end of the day, it's a, a parasitic ecology sucking the life out of real estate transactions. There's yes. so much inefficiencies that are built in there. Um, but if you're following Michael Arrington on Twitter, two weeks ago, he sold his condo in, he sold a condo that. that he owned in in Ukraine
1: yep. with
0: uh Propy was the the company that did it, yep. Yep. Um, yep. which I think is his wife's company. I'm not 100% sure. So don't <laughs> quote me on that. And thankfully this is not being recorded. Ah, shoot. Um, <laughs> but um but the, the 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 fact is is they they're beginning to crack that open but the problem yeah. is it's the legacy you walk into the house of records in San Francisco and some little old lady with a bun tied up on her head mm-hmm. wearing exactly spectacles that. is the one that's going to go back and grab the big book that's going to yep. flop open dust is going to go everywhere yep and you're going and that's the person you have to convince to start using cryptocurrency that's right. And she's and not going to. <laughs> right. We're going to have to wait until uh, this is going to sound heartless, but we have to wait until she dies. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Or, or, or when Elon finally makes it to Mars, which uh, as a fan of space exploration, I do think that's super exciting. And that moon based <laughs> Mars thing's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll, it'll be any, I mean, I would very much not be surprised if this starts working within the next 10 years. And I think uh, that I would be surprised great. if any municipality actually gets their act around putting blockchain as a source of truth uh, on any blockchain for the entirety of, of, of real estate records. I mean, I think what, what, what would have to happen, and we flip this around, useful advice for anybody who runs a municipality, you don't have to wholesale be like, all right, you know, granny, you're out of a job. It's more <laughs> like, okay, so we've been doing it this way. So now how about in future updates, new records updates, you're going to go here. Yeah. And so there's sort of a fork in the road here where it's a slow, gradual
0: migration and that's what they did with medical it, records. Yeah. That's what like they when they started digitizing. I mean, there had to be a massive push for it, but that's how they started digitizing medical records. Is they, they they had a dual track and mm-hmm. slowly it moved over time to fully digital. And now right. granted, I'm in the Silicon Valley, but I haven't seen a physical paper medical records in I don't know how long. Um, yeah. everything's on computer. So
1: yeah, and, and but when you think about it too, it's not that far-fetched from saying today's uh, market share of transfer of, uh, of monetary value still exists in that old system, right? So, in some ways, money is digitized because yeah, you could use your iPhone or, or mm-hmm. Samsung phone and Android Pay, etc. Uh, but in some ways, it's not because behind it, somebody has a book of records, and behind that, there may be a big vault in New York City somewhere where they keep all your stock certificates or not. But that, that <laughs> or um, not. <laughs> yeah, or not. But but see, then then it's all on paper. But I do think that the. The, the blockchain changes, though, won't be as radical as the internet, at the interwebs where people are going. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't go to the pet store anymore. I don't order it. I order this stuff. Like, no, 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 no. You're still using your phone when you hit that payment system. I don't think the, the person on the other side of the counter at McDonald's or Starbucks is going to care whether it's a Bitcoin behind that or if mm-hmm. it's like, you know, U.S. dollars or, or your Facebook stock, for that matter, right? Like, it, right. it could be any of these things. As long as I can get my cup of coffee and I close out my transaction, a value is given in exchange, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm getting the thing I want to get. So I think from an end user perspective, as long as teams like Harmony and others are building these things to make tools for make platforms, make things easier, then uh, ultimately the end user doesn't have to, to change their behavior very much, but they could just enjoy the benefits of faster transaction settlement, no longer waiting for you know, T plus one depending or or, or the next day or day after, depending on if it's ETF or stocks you're buying, you know, you could just settle right away. And there's no longer like, bro, I sent you the
0: money. It checks
1: in the mail. It's like, no, Like, okay, let's say it takes half
0: an hour to settle. I want to see that it's pending. Right. Exactly. No, definitely. Um, Well, Leo, this has been, we have done a, a solid hour. This has been terrific. I've thoroughly enjoyed. I could sit here and chat with you all day. Um, thank you. But, uh, I know that we all have things that we have to go do before we kind of sign off. Is there anything, um, uh, cream centered? We haven't really talked too much about cream and any announcements or anything. So is there anything you want to plug anything that you want to talk about that, that we have going on for cream right now? Um, so we're definitely scaling up really quickly. And
1: we, I think it's interesting that, um, we have a lot longer roadmap than we have people to execute on. And I find that our dev team is getting mad at me. Like, Hey man, help us prioritize here. Cause all these opportunities, uh, you know, across the chains are expanding quickly across the, the uh, core features are expanding quickly. So if anybody is talented out there that wants to help us build uh, certainly across all, all aspects of, of the business, uh, we're happy to, to take any kind of, uh, especially up from the community that want to do things like we're not actually like taking a bunch of resumes in that old way. We, we do, you, you can send your resume uh, on the product side. We're super excited uh, about, about uh, continuing to go down the protocol to protocol side uh, with our iron bank feature. So we're certainly mm-hmm. building out a lot more, uh, ways of interacting with other protocols and as well as other decentralized autonomous organizations to provide lending solutions across these these different um, users. So not just the end user who, who installs the MetaMask, who's using the thing, but also the protocols. Um, so I think building, 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 we need more builders. Yeah. Um, all the, all the product, the project updates and the numbers and the, the shiny, all these things you can find on, on Twitter as well. So for the folks that want to follow us at the very least, I'd encourage you to go to uh, our, our, Twitter handle cream.finance, D O T C R E A N dot D O T finance. And at least check out the pin message where the, the method man video is. It's pretty sweet.
0: I'm definitely gonna be going to go into it. Yeah, no, this has been terrific. I've really, really loved it. Um, the one thing I'd t- tell you, your, uh, your dev team, Hey, you know, this super long, growing, ever-expanding feature list and roadmap, that's called job security, buddy. That's what it is. <laughs> so stop <True>. complaining. <laughs> true, true, all right. True. Leo, uh, product lead at Cream and founder. Thank you so much for your time on this To Be Named podcast. Um, this has been an immense pleasure. Uh, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners and and community members out there, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to you guys joining us next time.
1: Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Leo.